Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name's Mark Francis, and I am once again your host for today. We have a special episode for you today. We've continually talking about this series called Overflow. And overflow to us really means that as God has poured his love into our hearts, so then we can overflow to others around us. And if you remember, our episodes have started with the that theme begins in the home. Um, parents, grandparents, kids, we all should be doing that to one another in the home. Then that carries out into our local church, um, how we can engage with those in our own local body. And here we are in a special week called the Global Church Week. And that overflow should carry out to the world around us and the global church, because there are believers all around our community, all around our world, and all around, I mean, you name it, you can, you can see Christ in pretty much any, any country. And so it's neat that we have visitors from all around the world in our community this week to participate and engage in the global church week. So we have with us a couple from Ecuador, and I'm really excited to hear from you guys. We have Juan and Teresa Delgado. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you for good. having us. Yes. We're so excited to have you here. And I know you're here for a couple weeks, so you're getting a good chance to get plugged into our church here, and you've always been a part of our church, and we're going to hear your story. But we also have, over to my right, Jim Poole. You are a missions pastor here at FBC. Yep. How are you, Jim? Doing good. Doing good. Good, good. And we'll, I'm, I'll just ask you first because you were you and Scott McManigal were on the stage this past week, and we mm -hmm. got a chance to hear the heart of why FBC does what they do. In a quick nutshell, like what are you guys? Uh, what are you all about for our FBC missions? department. Yeah. Well, a, a quick nutshell is that we're, we're all about um, trying to um, clarify um, the gospel. Mm. And specifically, that's what we talked about this week on our sermon, mm -hmm. uh, just the importance of the, you know, the clear gospel, the uh, concise gospel, the pure gospel. And so for us, it, it really centers around a lot of teaching. And, uh, you know, we help with some humanitarian needs and physical needs as well. But really, it's about the physical teaching uh, or spiritual teaching of the, of the Word of God. And um, just wanting to communicate those uh, spiritual truths as clear and concise as we as we possibly mm -hmm. can. It comes out of the content of the teaching and really equipping the local church. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, not right. just deploying missionaries and then having them work in a certain mission field for a year. Right. But working and partnering with local people. Sure. And yep. that's where Delgado's come into play. Yep. Yes. Because I, I want to hear a little bit about your story, you guys, of how. How you came, first of all, I want to know you guys. So how did you guys meet? Because I think there's an interesting story there. So Juan, I'm going to just let you share kind of how you came to meet Tirsa. <laughs> the first time we met was playing basketball in Cuenca, Ecuador. Okay. She went there to visit her grandmother and I was getting ready to leave to seminary. And some mutual friends from uh, from the church invited us to play basketball. And I used to play basketball in high school. And um, she was really good at basketball in high yeah. school, too. And <laughs> so who so won? <laughs> I was winning. <laughs> we played different positions. Different we positions. played different positions. Okay. Uh, um, and then she sent 
her brother to kind of like push me a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that's when we first that's, met. That's that's what we met. Meeting like, on the nothing, court. Wow. nothing, nothing happened or uh, anything happened after eight years. You know. Wow, yeah, so you, you met on the basketball court, but then it was a long process. So you said you were going to seminary. I was going to seminary, and um, at, at seminary, which was in South Texas, in um, Rio Grande Bible Institute, Okay. I, I was connected with her family because uh, my father-in-law, Wilson Campoverde, he, he, he kind of like helped me to get there. Or gave me the papers, hmm. but their family adopted me right away. <laughs> There's a lot of mercy there, and um, I, I always liked her, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't say like anything <laughs> because it was this was my my friend, and <laughs> and uh, you know uh, uh, I couldn't say anything, and I I I didn't want to pursue anything just because of that, mm-hmm. and she was going away too for. Or university, uh-huh. and I was studying. So, uh-huh. so there's a long gap there. But Jim, I'll turn to you. Juan mentioned Wilson Campaverde. Mm-hmm. That's someone who we've had a partnership with mm-hmm. for many years, and mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a family connection there. But how did how did that connection with Wilson then help with our connection with Juan? Sure. Yeah. Well, obviously, Tears was Wilson's daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so she's been coming here since she was a little girl, uh-huh. um, like a long time ago. So she's actually like 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. And so, yeah. So then Wilson introduces to Juan mm-hmm. and uh, Juan was in seminary at that time and and um, graduated. And then, uh, yeah, we just we just saw the Lord working with Juan and and um, got to know him before he was married for, you know, you guys were were married. And so. Man, here's a young guy coming out of seminary that, you know, wanted to go back to his home country, to Ecuador, and, uh, you know, be used by the Lord hmm. to see, you know, God was going to do, had a heart to, you know, plant and establish, uh, you know, churches in his own home country. Yeah. And so, boy, that was a, that was a perfect match for us. Really linking up with the same idea of the vision that sure. you're saying of Absolutely. how equipping the local church, not just sending a missionary, but right. working with somebody from there. So Tears yep. said, now I've got to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> so you met on the basketball court. Yes. And, and then I years was in high go school. by. I was in high school. Juan was going to seminary. So at, yeah. at that time, the age difference was, I guess, more noteworthy. Um, and I never in my mind would I have said I was going to marry a Latin man. Like that was not, uh-huh. that was not <laughs> what I thought I liked. Um, so then you fast forward, um, y'all, you all will remember my dad got really sick. Yep. He had a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while dad was sick, Juan was kind of our liaison with not only the church in Cuenca, but our family. Um, this was back when there was only Skype. So we couldn't do WhatsApp calls or mm-hmm. messenger. Um, and so we would Skype call or we would be in touch via email and he would relay information to the church in Cuenca. And so we kind of reconnected and uh it's actually very funny. I don't want to embarrass my husband, but um, <laughs> so we would be just talking about the situation with dad. And there was one day in particular uh, that like I was like, OK, Juan, we, you know, we'll talk later. And he's like, OK, I love you. And then we like <laughs> hung up the call. Oh, and wow. I didn't know that he really meant uh. like, hey, I like you. Um, and so like all this stuff came up later, but that's how we reconnected. And um, I was out of school at that time. And I was also just kind of praying about what would the Lord have me do? And 
I was thinking about moving to Ecuador and just taking a year off of work and, you mm-hmm. know, just living and supporting uh, the work that the church was doing in Cuenca. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't realize it would be permanent. I've been in Cuenca for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I changed my address and we got married and the Lord mm-hmm. has us working with with the church in Cuenca and the Quichuas. Mm-hmm. And you are fluent in Spanish I am. also. Yeah. So it, it helps with the, the culture and yeah. you've been around the Latin culture and obviously there's a connection there with now you and Juan have this partnership of doing ministry together. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear really kind of the heartbeat of, so once you guys have then settled in your planting in Cuenca, what, what went into building and equipping and establishing a church there? Well, I was already working there mm-hmm. as a pastor for probably four years before that. And um, we started, uh, the reason why I went down to Ecuador was because I wanted to support the church where I, I, I got to know the Lord when I was 17. Mm. And um, there were several men that wanted to, to study, but God opened up the doors for me to go to study and I finished and I, I, I wanted to go back and help. Mm. So I did. In the meantime, while I was in seminary, God, God, God opened up um, our, our, my eyes and our, my heart to grace. And, um, and um, when I came back to, to share that. But in the meantime, also, at the church that I was at, um, they kind of started rejecting the message of grace. Hmm. So when I went back, uh, there was this rejection of the message that I, I didn't know that. So it came to a point that I, I, had, to, I had to leave. I had to leave the church and, and start studying at, uh, at my house by myself. And uh, my parents came along and then um, other families uh, reached uh, to me to study and start studying on Wednesdays or I mean Tuesdays. And, and that's how it started. But, it's almost um, like a home church. Just it, a few it was people. just a Bible study. Yeah, just a Bible study, and I I, I started since the beginning mm-hmm. with uh, uh, what the book, the book that we called Creation to Christ, mm-hmm. and um, and um, and this is a side note that I used to pray for 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 a for a wife and sure or yeah. just pray for studying for the you know for the for the for the lesson and here it comes tears are coming to my mind mm. <laughs> i didn't have no clue that <laughs> I have no clue at all because i was single living with my parents and um with no money um and yeah god god was working all mm. of that out but mm. that's how it started for four years uh the the, the church how god did it did it and so fast forward a little bit to where now is that where is that church what is right what now that look like as far as numbers and right now we've leadership? been we've been um 14 years as a church um we have 22 families that mm-hmm. um we um we consider or they consider themselves part of the church and we have studied with many of them um, through um, establishing the church, which is the, the general idea or, or, or plan of, of, 
of discipleship and we have studied many of the lessons together and uh, and um it's been um it's it's been a growing together mm. with them mm. for 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 us you mm-hmm. know we've, we've gone through difficulties in our family and in their families and god has used uh, several opportunities to to put us in need of him and right now, um, um, we meet as um, as a as a church in a little um, uh, kindergarten uh, facility, preschool, yeah, preschool. And uh, would you like to add something about that? But no. That's that's yeah. how we how yeah. we are. And um, six years ago, as a church, and um, along. With uh, FBC, we started working with uh, Kichwa pastors, mm, mm-hmm. and God has used that tremendously. You know, sometimes at church, um, it goes to a period of uh, a pause, or or they they are not as eager to learn. Yeah, but um, God used that time to go with the Kichwa pastors, who is the the first largest indigenous group in Ecuador. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the organization that we work with, they set a group of pastors that represent uh, about 800 churches between them. <laughs> and um, um, they reach us to because they wanted this organization wanted to teach something. They wanted to do some sort of activity. Mm. They didn't know about what we did thought they knew my my father-in-law god knew (laughs) of course and the the leaders reached to us for some sort of training for the pastors yeah whatever i mean they honestly they wanted whatever but uh god uh, opened up that door for Mm -hmm. us and um, and it was really uh tremendous uh, opportunity to share from the beginning with these pastors yeah. the the hope that we have in Christ. And I want to elaborate a little bit on that. And Jim, you can chime in too. The idea that you, one, are working with local people in your town, Cuenca, and working on just establishing that church that's now up to 22 families. On top of that, then you are taking that and carrying out this getting outside of your own walls getting outside of just your area to, again, spread the gospel to a people group who are just in desperate need of hearing Christ. The Kichua tribe, and you said that they have um, 800 churches that this organization this, is a part of. Well, that that's you an are, estimate, yeah. That's an estimate. estimate. There's more than 2 million Kichwa in Ecuador. Yes, so the yes. people group, there's a, there's a, it's a big group. And they group, all consider themselves evangelicals or Christians. Okay. But they have what we were studying this weekend, um, a corrupted gospel or mm-hmm. a distorted gospel. Mm-hmm. And so um, coming in with the lessons has really given them a clear foundation mm. to continue edifying that church. The pastors he works with, it's about 800 churches, mm-hmm. but there's more. Mm. I, I think something important um, to know is that... Um, God was working in our church in order to be part of this. Yeah. Because um, the ladies have been a great help and um, Tirsa has been working with them just 
sharing, you know, sharing, growing with them together. And um, God has used many of the ladies to be part of uh, of serving in the church and also mm. kind of like stepping a little bit back uh, and growing and and giving the men opportunities to mm. to to do what they have been called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so hmm. share a little bit about um about how the church in Cuenca has uh this is this will be pre-covid now. Uh, yeah. but the church in Cuenca was uh, getting involved with the work to the Quichua. Yes. Yeah, yes, that because course. what that that's yeah, that's speaking to the overflow mm. of what yeah, we're talking exactly. about here. Yeah, so here we got, you know, you guys overflowing from our your global family to this church in Cuenca, which is now overflowing to the Quichua. But it's not just you yeah, it's or like, even you guys with the Quichua, but it is your church. So tell us a little mm. bit about how mm. the church in Cuenca has gotten uh, involved and behind the work with the Quichua. Um, right now, every weekend we are having some sort of a, um, a sale to raise money for 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 missions that mm-hmm. we call and and we ask the members to participate on that and they they love it mm-hmm. they love it and we have gone to visit the some of the churches with them and um, and so they're part of it. Some people from your church they, have yeah. gone with you. Yeah, that's some, an important some, thing. To some have come with me Dave, or yeah. they just help with the with the money in order for us to to help with yeah. the cost. Mm. Yeah, helping to pay, pay mm. gas, to yes. get there and back, or lodging while you're there. Yeah, really having that ownership yeah. of this idea of right. outreach within mm-hmm. your own culture, within your own country, yes. essentially. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and one thing we have seen is our church, because it started with sound doctrine mm-hmm. since the beginning, they really value that. Hmm. Um, they they are very uh, wary or they come from other churches that have given false gospels or, you know, false teaching. And so they really value the sound doctrine. They value systematic teaching. They value the truth. And they are so uh, convinced or so convicted hmm. by this this message of grace, and they want to share it with others. So maybe they can't go as a missionary to the Quichuas or go when Juan teaches, but, you know, they can sell chips on a Sunday to raise Mm -hmm. money for it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, some of the men, they're not gifted as teachers, but they can drive the car so Juan can rest. Mm -hmm. So he can teach when he gets there and they drive him home, you know? And so Mm -hmm. um, the Lord is using the local body in Cuenca to support that work, Mm -hmm. not only financially, but even I would say like, the attitude about it. It's not Juan does this. It's mm-hmm. we do this. Yeah. And you mentioned driving. I've been there to visit you guys and Ecuador. <laughs> it's not a big country, but man, let me tell you those roads and it's challenging to go from one city to the next. And yeah. you're traveling hours at a time to go all around the entire country mm-hmm. to meet up with these Quechua people. So there is an effort that is going into that. And, and I, I, I'm glad that the church is supporting that because they have to raise you up and support you and encourage you and pray for you to be able to allow you that opportunity to go share. And so that's really cool that your local body has that heart to be able to just say, yes, Juan, we value the teaching. We want you to go do that. Mm-hmm. How often are you traveling right now? Uh, well, we stopped it when COVID started. Sure. And um, Lord willing, at the middle of next of, of November, we're going to start. We're going to have a meeting with them, and um, 
and kind of like go from there okay. to see when we, we, we do it again. Well, so have you have been said, in communication with anybody I, then I, without traveling? With, I, I, probably I have a, one call a week with mm. one of the pastors because they, they are so into the, the study mm. and um, it, it's, been a, it's been a blessing for me to work with them and see these hungry hearts. Mm. But it's also been a blessing for them and them to, to their churches. And um, there's been opposition, of course, and there's pastors or there's uh, leaders that they have gotten the, the message and the rest of the church is like, Who, what's this new message that you're carrying? <laughs> like, like they are like rejecting, you know, but it takes time and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something that, that uh, God uses first in us mm-hmm. to, to, be, to, to make it real. Mm. And, and it, I think this COVID um, uh, problem or <laughs> what God allowed it to happen has, has given them a lot of opportunities mm. to, to stand on the truth and, and share that. Mm. Share one example of a light bulb moment, something where you said that they, there's some, some sometimes opposition or they're not fully accustomed to the teaching of grace. What, well, what are some of the, um, just one example of an opposition that you've seen that you've had to go up against with the, the COVID. Yeah. For example, this is, this is the main one. The leaders that contacted us, they don't want to study. Hmm. So in, in the organization that they have, it's, uh, you know, the, the leaders of this organization command this group of pastors in certain region. And they, because they haven't studied, because they just wanted to do something like sort of activity, um, they didn't support the study. But because of the big group that we work with and that they're eager to, to learn, they push them. Oh, they kind of push them to do what, what this group wants. Yeah. We want to study with Juan. Uh, we wanted to study the lessons we wanted to study. Uh, uh, we keep, we want to keep studying. So they ask for that. Mm. So we're going to see what's, what's going to happen now. But that's one, one thing. Just almost um, the need to overcome the potential pride or the, the lack of desire to, to grow and yes. to know God more. And that's that's in the big picture, but also inside their churches, they uh, have opposition with the sometimes uh, deacons or elders that that they are they don't see the same thing. Or mm. They don't they haven't studied, mm. and they want to do it in the way that they have been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Juan is mentioning studies. So Jim, these are materials that FBC has shared, mm-hmm. and they've been translated into different languages around the world. Mm. Just give us a quick snapshot of what these lessons, what these teachings are all about that Juan's referring to. Yeah, so he mentioned the creation of Christ lessons and also there are the knowing God lessons and that helps to lay a foundation um, just getting to know God, his big uh, purpose and plan um, throughout history and in terms of engagement with a lost human race and then also saving them in his plan. So that's where we begin because that lays a, a really, really good uh, foundation. And that foundation needs to be laid in order to 
understand the heart of God because the heart of God is the same from Genesis to Revelation, doesn't mm. change. And so getting that foundation in place helps you to better understand the Gospels, the coming of the deliverer. Why do we need a deliverer? Mm-hmm. You got to have the foundation of the Old Testament laid. So it lays a foundation for the Gospels and then um, the fulfillment of, of God's plan in Christ. And then what is the result of that plan uh, that's more laid out in, in the epistles and other, you know, the rest of the New Testament mm-hmm. writings. So, yeah, it's it's progressive, it's systematic, and this has a specific, you know, uh, beginning point, starting point, and it, it moves uh, to, to an end. God didn't put together the Bible the way he did on accident. Mm-hmm. God doesn't right. need that accident. <laughs> right. And and it, it points to where God is the one who's doing it all. It mm-hmm. is through him, not through us. Right. And so there's a complete 100% message of grace. That's right. And yeah. and so for for many people that haven't been fully exposed to grace, studies like that mm-hmm. are going to be eye-opening, mm-hmm. right? And yep. so it's I'm sure you have had moments even when people in your own congregation where you've seen growth happen, you've seen, you know, <laughs> these these times where like, oh, that's what this scripture passage means. Or just know? be born again because yeah. so mm-hmm. many times yeah. people are in church They've never heard the true gospel. Mm-hmm. They've never been born again. They've never had mm. that new birth. And we see it all the time. We work mm. with people that have been Christians for years and years. I mean, we have a lady in our church who she used to teach on the radio, like on the Christian radio in our city. <laughs> she came to our church and she was born again. Wow. And I'm talking in the last three wow. years. Yeah. And 10 years ago, she was teaching the Bible <laughs> wow. on the radio. Yeah. So um, just having That's that awesome. foundation mm-hmm. and the just, message of grace. And, and you you got that the picture because mm-hmm. the teaching that they have had mm-hmm. was like, in order how you behave, it's that you are spiritual. spiritual. Yeah. 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 So it's how much things you do that you are a better Christian or a Christian. Mm. And if you don't do those things, mm-hmm. then very workspace, then yeah. you, and you, lo- you lose driven. your salvation and, but they have never been saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so wow. and that happens in the same, same thing with the pastors. You know, I had, I had pastors that, that were pastors for 40 years mm-hmm. and they, they just became mm-hmm. saved. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to hear that this is Ecuador we're talking about. I mean, there's so many churches around just our own community, our own country, where there is this added layer to the gospel of works or appearance or performing that, it, you know, the results and the implications of that are devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be guilt, there can be pride, there can mm-hmm. be anxiety, there can be frustration. There can it, There's so many things that, that are the results of... Mm-hmm. Uh, an impure gospel, yeah. you know, and you didn't yeah. really touch on that over the weekend, but I'm curious if, you know, what thoughts you have of why is this so important to teach this? Well, we talked about it a little bit yesterday in some of our meetings, but, um, you know, it, it says in Colossians that, um, you know, Christ is our life mm. and, um, you know, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if we don't know Christ personally and have that personal relationship with him we're, we're able to rest in and rejoice in uh, and what he's done for us uh, then it's based on what we do mm. and whenever things are based on what we do I mean when it's up to me I'm gonna be stressed out I'm gonna be worried I'm gonna be fearful I'm gonna be anxious and I mean we all we all get that we all understand that and that's why 
you know, the focus on the finished work of Christ is so important mm-hmm. and, um, and his grace and all that he's done for us. And, and of Christ, who is our life, Christ in us, the hope of glory, because mm-hmm. in that, then we're finding the fulfillment and the, 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 the contentment and the satisfaction for things that we go through in life outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's so important that, mm-hmm. that we're finding that um, in the person of Christ. We're not trying to satisfy all these things inwardly, because when we try to do it inwardly, we will fail yeah. and we'll end up, end up in a mess. Yeah. And again, that's the heart of our missions program yeah, exactly. to partner with people around the world yeah. to, to share yeah. this message. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what, that's what these guys are doing in, in Cuenca and, and, uh, and their church with the individual, you know, people, the dads, the moms, the kids and the, in the church in Cuenca. And then also, you know, up the road with these, uh, with the Quechua pastors. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. just happy to be, you know, partnered and, you know, God's given us the opportunity to be partnered together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just turn the last segment of our conversation to our local body here, Fellowship Bible Church. This podcast is geared, it's called Fellowship Family. So we, we speak directly to people here at Fellowship Bible Church in Winchester, Virginia. So Tiers, I'll go to you first because you're, you're like, you almost feel like you're a member here because you've been coming so often and <laughs> you, you know, you've been affiliated with Fellowship. What, what can you share with those of us here at FBC of the partnership that you sense from us and how there's this, you know, just almost this dual kind of role of how you feel that support from FBC here. Well, I mean, for me personally, it's like coming home uh, Mm -hmm. to extended family because I did grow up with Tim. I grew up, Jim used to come to mission strips where, where we lived, you know? Um, so for me, it's like visiting a very, very loved aunt or uncle or, you know, coming back and seeing familiar faces and now bringing my own children mm-hmm. to FBC and sharing that with them. You know, my daughter Tallulah on Sunday said, mommy, I love church. I'm going to talk to everybody. <laughs> Cause on Saturday she had been a little shy. Uh-huh. So, um, for me personally, just given my history with FBC and now getting to come back as a partner, as a missionary. Mm-hmm. I know I don't look like it, but I technically yeah. am one. Sure, um, uh, it's yeah. just, it's really encouraging. And I think that it speaks to um, what the Lord does because mm-hmm. what the Lord does endures, what the Lord mm-hmm. does, it lasts forever. And mm-hmm. not only positionally are we all forever going to be together, but just this relationship that we have with FBC. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mark Carey got my graduation announcement when I graduated from high school. You know, there's just so many things that Mm -hmm. we have already shared um, as far as life stages. And then now that we are sharing as co-workers in the Lord. And Mm -hmm. so um, it really, it really speaks to that, that sense of extended family, Mm -hmm. I think. Juan, how can our church continue to support you? I mean, prayer is one thing. So what is, what are some of the things going on currently right now that we can specifically pray for? Well, please pray for us to um, trust the Lord to raise our children in, in his love. And, um, you know, also to, uh, 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 love our families over mm-hmm. there in Cuenca, where they are at, mm-hmm. because we it's it sometimes it's it's, um, it's lonely, and uh, even though we are young, and we deal with families that are a lot older than us, but uh, mm. spiritually they are like kids, and mm. um, so um, we would oh, we we we. We, we long for a relationship of other pe- mature people that we mm-hmm. can support each other and mm-hmm. um, and uh, take care of what God is doing there. Mm-hmm. 
So, so pray for for the maturity of of our church mm. as we keep uh, sharing there. That's good. And with the the growth of technology, we can <laughs> connect a lot easier, a lot yeah, quicker. We, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm recording every lesson and um, putting it up in YouTube and mm. on the, on Facebook to have kind of like what we have studied or the material that yeah. we have, but yeah. into a digital um, library. So my hope, or I don't know what God's going to use it for, but it's to have uh, a material for, for others to review and, uh, and, and have it available to, to teach others. Too. That's great. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be in Spanish. It's in right? Spanish. So yeah. any Spanish speaking I can give it in person, English, but well, I'll have to leave it here. Most of the people that watch our YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel are in Mexico. Sure. They're not even but in that, Well, that's what I'm saying. Again, just the, the global community sure. being able to right. have yep. the depth of teaching that Juan is giving to go to Mexico, right. to go to any other, you know, it can come here to Winchester, to people that speak sure. Spanish in Winchester, yeah. you know, so what the work that you're doing goes well beyond just your local area. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. That There's that yeah. kind of spread of the gospel mm-hmm. that is just beyond what you think. So that's, God, God is that's great. God. God's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, you know, this is uh, Global Church Week and just to continue to encourage um, our own local body to say, yes, you know, we want to be able to overflow and, and share love with you guys. So you're a part of that. And so I hope you feel that as well. Um, you know, our, our podcast, find us anywhere. You, know, you can communicate, share your thoughts, share your notes, share your love to the Delgados and everybody else who we support in our missions program. So Jim, Juan, Tirsa, thanks so much for being a part of this. Thanks for having us. And thank you guys for watching and listening. And until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.